1: season is over and we're going straight into the next season. We are talking all about Browns undrafted free agents. No, we're not. It's restricted agents. What are they, Jack? What are they called?
2: So we're going to be doing unrestricted free agents, which is those players that are free to sign with anyone. They've done four accrued seasons in the NFL. Um, And then we've got restricted free agents we'll touch on, which is players that have done three years in the league. They can be tendered. 2.24 At 2.24 million, uh one-year deal, um, and we've got exclusive rights-free agents. Those have done two or less years, and they can just be given less than a million. They come back. It's basically like a glorified futures contract. They get the minimum. We can cut them, and uh, we do what we want. So uh, we'll be running through, um, and we'll break down each section.
0: We're also here with Ian Wright. Ian, how are you, buddy? You know, I'm, I'm bouncing back. Uh, a lot of optimism out there. So, you know, after a day to think about it. I'm excited. You know, it's uh it's good, but you no, know, we got a uh, you know, we got we got the offseason kicking up, so I'm firing into that. We're starting to get into the team, the building. Brown's Twitter is ablaze. You know, Pete Duffin slash Jack Smith uh, out there taking on the the wars of Brown's Twitter, so it's not too bad, huh?
1: Well, look, let's fire into it. Jack, you're gonna say the name and you're gonna put a rough project- projection on the um, salary that the market could be. And then me and me going second and Ian going first. What's all about if we yes, we want them or no, we don't want them.
2: Yeah, so the first name, we're going to start with the offense um, and no better place to start than in the wide receiver room. We've got Rashard Higgins. um, Predicted, I think, is somewhere in the region of four to five million a year, probably a two-year deal. He would want because he doesn't want to be tied down too long because if he can shine as wide receiver two, then he can easily get that up to sort of 8 million a year. So I think uh, 4 to 5 million, two-year deal. Um, that's that's what I think the market's going to be.
1: Uh, Jack, is it a yes or a no from you?
2: It's 100% yes for me. I, that is really, really good value for a wide receiver too. I think it's a position where you could easily spend about 8 million. Um, so to get him 4 or 5 million, time down for two years, the sort of link up play with Baker has been really, really good. Um, and he just gets results. Really, really productive receiver, efficient. Um, he's perfect for your sort of medium to deep threat. He's not a deep threat, he's not just a short threat, but uh he just makes plays. He's he's not a highlight real guy, he just gets the job done.
0: And I mean Higgins is your like Jack said, he's a good, he's a good, not great wide receiver. Um, it really, to me is going to depend on the number for him. I think he has a place in this Browns offense. Now, does that mean that we're going to have to realign kind of the skill sets? Because as we saw, we don't have the explosive dynamic in our wide receiver room, and that's not going to come from Higgins. So I like Higgins. I think Higgins has a higher value in Cleveland than he does elsewhere. If you remember right last year, he didn't sign, I think until. Right at the draft, if I'm not mistaken, after. it was right after the draft. Yeah, I was going to say it was towards the end of April. So I think Higgins may be doing the same thing, where he kind of maybe tests to see out the market. I mean, Jack, do you see him getting this deal signed before the league year starts in March?
2: I think they will get the deal done. Um A lots of this deal is it. It comes down to a bigger picture that we'll touch on in this week. And it's it's all going to be around what you do with the wide receiver room. It, it's. <laughs> It's by far the most intriguing position with the Browns because I've come up with seven realistic options of different directions they could go. Um, There is so many questions. None of the top three players are guaranteed to be here next season. And that seems nuts. It's the only position room where they could legitimately go, blow it up and completely rebuild it, go in a completely different direction. There are so many directions. Um, It's very unlikely all three are back. It's very unlikely none are back. There's something in the middle. It could be one. It could be two out of the three. And um, no, I I think Higgins, for me, is the best value out of all three. He's not the best out of all three, but he does a really, really good job and gives you that nice piece of you can bring someone in, maybe Robinson as your number one. You can draft someone in the first, second round. You can build a really, really good core there. But he's the piece where you go – This is a player who can be with Baker for the next six years. None of the two other wide receivers have got that in their legs.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. myself, I'm going to go, obviously I'm a fan's favourite of Hollywood Higgins, but my question to you is for that four or five million per year, is there anyone better out there? You know, are we being blindsided like Perryman? He cost us four million when we signed in with Odell and obviously Odell came and he decided to leave, you know, he is faster than Higgins. Is there anyone else out there, Jack, that, or Ian, that we could be looking at as a uh, non-emotional wide receiver?
2: I, I, I know Ian's going to hate on me for this, but he he's I just speak facts. It is facts. So obviously Higgins barely played the first six games of the season. In a two-wide receiver system, your third wide receiver doesn't play very much. So if if we almost put those six games to one side, we had the COVID game where no wide receivers played. And then we've got the two wind games where it wasn't really any passing. If we take that out and give Higgins a 16-game sample from those seven games, we see 64 catches, 1,106 yards, 17.3 17.3 yards a catch, 4.6 TDs. TDs, obviously, regress moves around is, is, is what it is. But that's really, really good from your second wide receiver. If Higgins is able to banging consistently a 1,000-yard season, that's great when you're saying you might have Alan Robinson next to him who's going to be smashing a 1,000 yards every season. That Even a fully healthy OBJ, he gets his 1,000 yards. So for me, there's no one better value. Um, and yeah, he, he might bomb out and he doesn't get to that level which we want where you can probably walk away from the deal in a year's time. Or he's smashing that level and suddenly you've got at really, really cheap cost of four to 5 million when you should be paying him eight to 10.
0: I think, I think there is. I think there's a free, the free agent. Here's the thing. We don't know what the salary cap's going to be. So there could be a lot of veterans out there looking for cheap deals because the problem you're going to have is you have a lot of overpaid guys right now. And I forget who it was. One of the P uh, the PF or over the cap guys that talked about the strategy of constantly kicking the can down the road, which is like what the saints and the Eagles and these teams have done are great. And they work if the salary cap inflates and keeps going up. The problem is, is when you have a $20 million regression of the salary cap, the saints now, if they're forced to, if breeze does in fact retire, I think it's 23 million, I believe in dead cap. And then you also have, you know, guys like Roethlisberger and all these big veteran contracts. Well, if the cap drops and the teams have to start, you know, expunging their rosters of these overpriced deals, there's going to be a large saturation of veterans You know, and I'm not talking about guys that are 10, 12 years in the league. I'm talking about guys that are three, four. I mean, I fully expect the Saints to trade Marshawn Lattimore, who's going into the fifth year of a deal, and he's a good cornerback. They just don't have room for him. So when you just scroll the wide receiver list, you know, Paul, you mentioned Brashad Perriman. What does Corey Davis get in the offseason? John Ross, who's a speed guy, has never really been healthy, is going to be out there. Keelan Cole, Kendrick Bourne, Will Fuller, Demarcus Robinson, you know, Antonio Brown, Curtis Samuel. Juju, Juju. Juju, the problem with Juju is he's exactly what we already have a whole lot of, a lot of small and mid-range guys. I'm talking about guys that go the other way, go deep. You know, Nelson Aguilar this year really came on for the Raiders and stretched the field deep. Isaiah McKenzie for the Bills. You know, Higgins is in there. But you have a lot of guys, the Kenny Galladay's of the world, which I think they'll stay. Josh Reynolds, you have a ton of guys that can do what Higgins can't do. So it really just depends on what happens in the other side of the room. But I think the real battle this year is going to be in this offseason. How do the Browns position themselves for that wide receiver 4, 5, and 6? You know, because we there's three other guys on this list. They're names, and they're going to come in and battle. But all of a sudden, one of these studs falls to 26 in the draft, and you, you're, you can't get a trade-down partner. The wide receiver room could look a lot different next year. I still think you're going to have Beckham here. I still think you're going to have Landry here. You know, I know Jack doesn't think those. Um, That's the conversation for another day. We should do an (laughs) entire podcast. I'd love to get Joel on to talk about the Jarvis Landry deal, but that's another day. But yeah, I think that there's a lot out there for guys like Higgins. The question is, is, you know, when you're talking about a team, you're talking about culture, you're talking about a wide receiver room. I think Hollywood has a little bit of growing up to do. Um, You know, we like him as the guy he's made a couple of questionable decisions. I mean, last year he couldn't even get on the field this year. He struggled out of the gate, getting in the field. So hopefully that maturation process is coming along. And I think it'll be very telling what size deal the Browns offer him based on where they think he is in that maturation process. All right, guys, we've got another 25 players. Let's
1: uh, get rocking and rolling.
2: So we're actually going to group the next three. So three more wide receivers who are unrestricted free agents. We've got Jojo Natson, Taywan Taylor, who I'm shocked has stayed on the roster so long. Uh, Marvin Hall, I'm predicting them all around 1 million, which is basically your, your vet minimum one-year deals. Um, I've got Jojo Natson and Marvin Hall, coming back for camp. So these one year deals I'm not saying are guaranteed, probably 50 grand maybe of it's guaranteed and we don't even offer Taiwan Taylor.
1: Yeah. I think um bringing him back nothing really major to talk about there. Uh, I wasn't very impressed with Marvin Hall and uh Taiwan Taylor uh Jojo Natsu the kick returner. Yeah. Interesting to see what, what he can do again but yeah. No one set me a light. I'm saying bring him back for camp, but no uh,
0: no contract extensions. I think Natsen and Hall. I mean, Natsen obviously is a guy that Prefer likes. It really depends on his ACL, you know, how his recovery is there. Um, I think this team is getting to the point where, you know, a million or two million for a returner guy. It's probably not likely. Honestly, I think of these three guys, I think really the only one that has a shot. It really even sticking around next year is Marvin Hall. I know you didn't see a lot from him, but this is a guy that at least has been in the league. He's young. He has some upside. I would like to see him maybe with a full off season of coaching with Chad O'Shea. I don't think uh, Taiwan Taylor or Jojo Natson are around much longer. I, I fully expect their contracts to be terminated probably within the next 60 days.
2: Yeah. Um, then next, we've got the only other offensive player who is a unrestricted free agent, and that is wow. Kendall Lamb. Um, I'm predicting a four million over two, so two million each in the next two years. Um, that, that's where I'm at, and I, I can't see him coming back there. I think we've got a few different options. Um, You've obviously got Hubbard under contract, um, but we don't know what his health is, um, who, who actually really, really did incredible things this season obviously slightly more on the interior than uh, uh tackle but still fantastic um and then yeah you've you've got some other depth pieces they seem to like alex taylor who's just signed a futures deal but uh you've got some other options so i'm saying he doesn't come back but i think he'll, he's been a good servant and uh he'll do well wherever he goes
1: was that a dorsey hire jack that was a dorsey signing no i w- um yeah, emotional te- attachment. You know, obviously, you got that, that touchdown pass.
2: Well, according to PFF, the best receiver on the Browns this season. <laughs> Perfect.
1: Yeah, and um, the emotional attachment is yeah. If if we gave him for two million, he's gonna do a job. He's gonna add depth. PFF, don't rate him too high. If I'm correct, Jack.
2: He's above average. So 60 um, is basically average. I think he's come in at 66, 67 for the season. So he, he he's just done a solid job.
1: So, yeah, so th- that point, Jack, why is he a no for you then, mate? If he's...
2: So at uh, two million a year, it's not, it's not bad signing. But for me, I think they keep Chris Hubbard. Um, obviously, if they don't keep Hubbard, then I can see it. But you've got your five starters. And then behind that, you've got two tackles, a gardener center. That's generally the sort of mix up. Obviously, there's a few different things you can do. Um, so, they don't really want, if they can, any veteran deals in there. The dream is you have four rookie deals because that saves up money to spend elsewhere. So, you can probably afford the one veteran, which Hubbard's better because he can play inside, he can play outside. So, he's almost your perfect number six. Um, they want as many spots as possible to develop young guys. Because you've got, say, potentially Dunn inside, who's been good. I know Blake Hans was well loved for coming in, doing the job, but he, he's not actually been amazing. So it's something that they'll bring him in and camp, see what he can you've do. Got Forbes, Forbes is a question mark. You've got centre, you've got um, Nick Harris. So if they can develop these guys, and I, I trust Coach Callahan, who's done wonders with these guys, absolute insane, then they would rather develop cheap guys. So why is an option? $2 million a year each next two years, certainly possible. I think they'll go sod it, let, let's draft a rookie at six seven 700000 and make it work. And I, I think they're going to have loads of bodies in there that they really like. So guys that get cut, they ain't going to make the Browns practice squad this year. They're going straight onto rosters.
0: I think we've already spent more time discussing Kendall Lamb than Andrew Berry and Paul DeBest, De Podesta will. He gone. There's going to be a lot of guys out there that can do what he do, he do, and he do. I'm going to try this again. There's a lot of guys out there that can do what he can do better than he can do it. So I think there'll be an upgrade at the Kendall Lamb position. Thank you. We enjoyed your time. Nice touchdown, Spike. Fair ye well. Let's move to the defense.
2: So first spot on the defense is our one edge, who's Olivier Vernon. This is a really, really, this is by far the hardest one for me to predict. Because we don't know. If it wasn't for the injury, we're talking about 8 million one year, 15 million over two years, and um, was where I had him pegged. Um, the issue is possibly for the first four games, we're looking at just sort of average recovery. That's when he can come back for week five. Um, obviously, that could take longer. So I've guessed 3 million over one as a one year deal um, just because he's coming off an injury. Uh, might not play that first sort of half a season. Likely, might even wait until into that time when the team loses someone. Because say Miles Garrett goes down week six, you're gonna phone up Olivier Vernon and go, "What do you need? We want you out." Um, and, and he can go join the team. He can wait and join a playoff contender that needs him. He's got he's got options. Played really really well down the stretch, but it's a no for me in the off season because you've got Miles Garrett. You've got two spots to fill. Then you've got some depth options. So we need someone that can be there week one, and Olivier Vernon is not guaranteed. Jack, you think it'd be week five when he comes back? I, I, I don't know. With an Achilles, okay. he might he might never come back. He might retire.
0: Therein lies the issue. Olivier Vernon's thirty one years old. He just ruptured his Achilles. I'm I, listen. I'm not. I'm not going to try to portray that I'm a doctor. I know I was in college for eight years, but this is. Olivier Vernon is not going to be on his feet doing any type of activity for nine months. So you're talking about a guy who's 31 years old, who's had nagging injuries here and there, who's literally going to not have the use of his one leg for about nine months. I would say if Olivier Vernon plays football next year, it won't be until about week 14. So if I'm Olivier Vernon and I want any more snaps in the game of football. I take the entire year off to rehab because what you don't want to do with a ruptured Achilles is go back out there. Not a hundred percent, because then what happens is, is, you know, if if anyone that's ever torn an ACL or torn Achilles, what happens is, is you lose so much mass in the leg that is torn and you end up getting this unbalance in your legs. So if it's me, I think Olivier Vernon is a pipe dream even for 2021. And I think if you're talking about anything, you're talking about something for 2022. Because I just I just don't see him back on the field. I mean, Adrian Peterson came back from an ACL in record time, but an Achilles is a, just a different injury. And it's serious. And for his own safety, I would say that he's out a minimum of half the season. Minimum. It feels like just with this podcast, that puts a
1: small pressure to draft a defensive end. Um, oh, it's a
0: huge need. Yeah. We have
1: one defensive end. Yeah. All right. Yeah, my view is, if he's there at anything less than 5 million, you would take him, but yeah, high risk with his injury.
2: I, I just, I don't think it's one you sign in the off season. There, there's a chance he ends up on this roster this season, but it's coming later in the year. It's not a April, a March, April signing. It's a um, October, November signing.
0: Yeah. It's one of those ones where you just, if he's still living in Cleveland, you know, and he's familiar with the trainers or stuff like that, it may be one of those things where he's just seeking medical stuff. He's staying in touch with the team. You know, honestly, if you, if you really wanted to do him a solid, you could offer him like an insanely low vet minimum thing just to give him access to your training facilities. I mean, that would be a token of good measure for him. You're basically paying him to stick around and just do training and rehab
2: you could potentially even do that and offer incentives up to yeah. five, six million. Um, obviously, he's ne- probably never going to get there, but the- there's no harm in doing it.
0: Yeah. I Like I said, it depends on if you really enjoy him, the person, and you want to have him around the team and say, you know, maybe Chad Thomas comes back. I say that jokingly, <laughs> that where you have him and you want him in the room, you want him in meetings, and you want him as kind of just showing up once the COVID thing kind of dies down a little bit, it could be one of those things where you just have them around, but I would not expect from an on-field production, anything from him next year.
2: So if we jump inside, um, our next starter to discuss is Larry Ogunjobi. Um, I've got penciled in about 8 million over two. It's roughly where players like Danny Shelton, et cetera, sort of get your starting defensive tackle. do not jump off the page, but just, does a job um, could easily be less this year just because of COVID it could be back loaded. So lots of it lands into the second year. So it might end up six, but sort of fully guaranteed, or it might just be a one year deal. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's loads of one year deals, it's just around four. Um, th- that's an opportunity, but at that price, it's a no from me. Um, he just, it's just not consistent. Um, there, there's two, three good games in there a season All great games in there a season, and the rest is below average, and that that's just not what I need from a starter. Um,
1: Jack, how did he compare against um, Jordan Elliott on PFA, PFF? Sorry,
2: he outperformed Jordan Elliott. Um, I don't have the exact numbers to to,
0: have exact ones. So, Larry Ogunjobi finished the season with seven hundred and forty-seven snaps, finished with a grade of fifty-one point four. Whereas our guy, Jordan Elliott finished with 350 snaps. So about half as many and finished with a grade of 51.3. Hmm. So if you were to extrapolate his 51.3 over another 350 snaps, you basically have Larry Ogunjobi at a 53, 51.4. It's crazy. I
1: remember us drafting him, Jack, you know, it feels like only yesterday
2: a really, really good rookie season. He came in at a bigger build then. He was playing less snaps. As soon as we increased the snaps, it was all over. He's just he's just not starter potential. It's um and that's the issue. He's done four seasons. This is fourth season, yeah, it's crazy. No
0: way. Yeah. We're
2: getting old, mate. What Jesus.
0: is Paul, what about you? What's your what's your take on uh old oh Larry? Mate, he always replies to my Instagram DMs.
1: I love the guy. And uh yeah i don't i can't see us keeping him to be honest if we're if we're making cutbacks you know we have to be not emotional on this podcast and be brutal and i think he hasn't done enough to get an extension and unless it's a real ridiculously cheap deal but um question is guys who do you think would want to take him on board
0: i mean there's always a demand for fat guys the problem I have is going into this offseason, I just – I don't see him getting $4 million. I mean, let's be honest. If Andrew Billings got a one-year $3.5 million last year, do you really see – Ogan Joby's going to want some prove-it deal. So if he wants to come back at a one-year $2 million deal or something, I'm good with that. But to Jack's point, he's not a starter. He's a guy that should be taking 350 snaps. You should, you know, in our case, Sheldon Richardson took 920. Then you had Larry Ogunjobi take 747. Okay, Larry Ogunjobi should be below that. He should be your number three, your number four rotation piece at a defensive tackle. And if he's willing to get paid like that, like his production has shown then I have no problem. I don't have anything against the guy. I mean, him and Miles Garrett are friends. You know, I'm, he doesn't seem like a bad guy in the locker room. My main issue with him is, is just his production doesn't fit what a starting three technique should be. That's all it that really comes. It's nothing personal against the guy. I just want more out of my starting three technique.
2: Yeah. And he's just, he's not got that profile that you want almost. He's, he's not a one. He's not, he's almost not a three. Um, and that he's definitely him- not a one. Yeah, yeah he's, 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 he's just not the bodybuilder. If you go, hey, he's a fat guy that's going to fill the space or he's a three that is is going to get after the quarterback. Um, and th- there's those flashes. There was the moment against Pittsburgh. It was phenomenal piece of play, but it wasn't even consistent across one game. And that and that's gutting. But as Ian said, I, I, I could see one year, two million. They just go, let's bodge it. Um, split 50 50 well, even like 45-45 between him and Billings um, because they've basically already got his replacement signed. Um, Billings comes in and then you obviously need to add someone else there, but you've already got someone that you can then draft um, day two pick and go Richardson, Billings, day two pick, Elliott, and you you could realistically run that room back just flipping uh, Billings and
0: Joby around. See, I see, I don't see Billings as being. I mean, he's going to be a zero one. He's going to be your big guy. He's going to basically be Sheldon. So, if you want, if anything, if they bring Billings back, you can see Sheldon moving into Ogunjobi's Joby's role on only on running situations. So, if it's third and nine, Billings ain't going to be on the field. And then maybe you move Miles inside or something like that. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I think that, I mean, Paul, here's something to look at it that like you're talking about the draft, right? So, if they all of a sudden bring Ogan Joby back for a one year deal just to keep him in, they like him. He's a nice guy, fits the culture, he works hard, all the good things, right? And then all of a sudden, Christian Barmore, who, by the way, for some reason in the one I, I kept calling him Baysmore. Christian Barmore is at the board at 26, who's the basically pass rushing stud defensive tackle from Alabama. I don't think he lasts that long. I don't know how his combine is going to measure up, but all of a sudden he comes in. I'm putting that guy in the field over Ogan Joby all day, every day. We're not
2: taking defensive tackles in round one. Sorry.
0: Yes, if we, you watch a little Christian Barmore tape, and I think you'll uh, you'll change your tune on that one. No.
1: Jack, would you be happy with a defensive tackle round two?
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't mind taking them on round two. Um, uh, Eric Eager wrote a really interesting piece, actually, Dr. Eric Eager from PFF, just about um, they they're actually more valuable if you can get a uh, a good one as a, a full on one technique. Um, than they initially thought because it's not so much what they do as an individual player. It's how it changes the scheme around them and, and allows more um, DBs onto the field. So uh, no, it's, it, it's certainly a position I, I could understand. And I, I think we will take a uh, two players on the uh, D line in
0: day two. I also think this is a position to watch in free agency in terms of the buildings like contracts, because you're going to have a lot of guys, you know, I, I, I have mentioned this, this new, uh, new Orleans Saints a few times, but a guy like Sheldon Rankins or somebody like that, like that interior defensive line position, I'm, I'm, I'm almost confident there's going to be a good amount of talent in there. I mean, you're going to have your highlighters, which I believe will be like the Leonard Williams and Adama Kong Su's and stuff like that. But I do think, you know, your Shelby Harris is another one I think is going to be up there in terms of pay. But I think that's a position that you need a little veteran as well. So don't be surprised that the Browns go out and get somebody in that room uh, in free agency as well.
2: I don't, I don't want to go too much into free agency, but it's a question I do want to ask Ian. So Sheldon Rankins they're saying about seven, seven and a half. So would you bring in Sheldon Rankins and move on Richardson? Because that's basically pays for two years of Sheldon Rankins. bring in Richardson. Is that a deal you'd do? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I would. Um, The next name is another defensive tackle, Vincent Taylor. Um, I'm predicting it'll be approximately 1 million one year, which is quite a lot of these players. Um, I I could see it just back for camp. He's not done anything special, but it's one they can sign. If if they cut him and he walks away with his 50 grand. How dare
0: you discredit the man for batting the pass in a Steelers playoff game that got intercepted by five-star Porter Augustin. The man's done nothing. One of the most legendary plays from a defensive tackler named Vincent Taylor in Brown's history.
2: To to quote the, the uh, as a great wise man once said half an hour ago, we don't do emotion on this podcast. Paul Brown, twenty twenty-one.
1: <laughs> Keep him. I love him.
0: No, I think he's back for camp. I, I mean, yeah, back for camp. Move on they like something they brought him in give him yeah. a shot get him out there
1: um i would i would love us guys to have a really strong d line i, I think everyone would but you gotta make sacrifices to
0: get that i think him and if you bring him back you're all right so if you're talking d tackles and you generally keep four of them right so you'd talk about taylor and billings and then if you keep sheldon then you have a fourth so the jordan elliott's of the world you know, something like that. That's where you could feel, you know, you have
2: There's to, a pick there, though.
0: but it, it could be, it could be somebody else because realistically you can play Sheldon outside if you want to go into that end. So you can move miles in, you can move Sheldon out. So you want a little bit of versatility, you know, obviously, you know, um, the Browns D line needs to be more versatile. They need to get more pass rush. We saw it on third and 14 when Chad Henney was able to do what he's able to do. But, I think I think the D, the D tackle room is going to look a lot different. That would be that would be my guess. I think there's going to be a massive shakeup.
2: So next position um, is linebackers, making our way back. I'm going to start first with BJ Goodson, um, who wore the green dot for the majority of the season. So it was the play caller. Um, I'm predicting our one-year three million deal. Um, I'm I'm saying that's a maybe because. If they like Phillips, who sort of who you'd probably replace him as your middle linebacker, then you might not bring him back. And also, it, it's basically what do you do with that room? Because we we finished with three of PFF's top twenty-five linebackers, which is nuts, um, and the forty-sixth-rated defensive tackle, which is not where you saw this room at the start of the year. Um, I'd have been surprised if there was one, let alone three. Um, so I could certainly see him coming back, um, but I, I could see them also not. So it's a 50-50 for me. I'm um, I would. i I'm leaning towards bringing back for one more
0: year. I think they make him an offer. I don't think it's high enough. I think the Browns will set their price given Woods' desire to have linebackers. I ultimately think they'll make him an offer, but I think he's going to go somewhere else.
2: Do you think it'll be around that three?
0: Probably the Browns might come in at three. He might sign for four, four and a half. Because unfortunately, linebacker play across the NFL was pretty atrocious this year. So I think somebody will go out and give him a, just a little bit more money to lure him away. I just don't think he's integral enough in this defense for us to want to fight for him. So that's why I see him getting going. Um, yeah, he's coming and done a great job this year. You know,
1: you've got to give him a 10 out of 10 for effort and leadership. A name I didn't know very much about has come done very, very well. But yeah, what is the future of our linebacker room? We're looking for two years ahead. He did a great job this year. Yeah, Phillips, Taki, Taki. I'm going to say it: Matt Wilson are probably our future linebackers.
0: Highest graded person in the Kansas City Chiefs-Cleveland Browns playoff game.
2: Highest person in the entire NFL this weekend, offense or defense.
0: It's impressive. It's amazing what if you
1: if you take the best quarterback out with a. DT you get so high ratings you know if I knew that things would definitely change but yeah I think um I think the linebacker room you, you heard a bit at the start of the season this is not an NFL experienced linebacker room and it's amazing we have three in the top 60 so uh yeah fair play
2: top 25 mate not 60 top what 25 25, Jesus. Yeah, um, but they're very they're very one-dimensional, as we've discussed on the podcast. It's like, this one's awesome at run blocking. This one's awesome at tackling. This one's awesome at, um, what was the other one? At uh, pass rushing. None of them are really good at coverage. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just one of them where it's almost like the old school Green Bay, not Green Bay, uh, Patriots running backs, where you know what they're going to do based on who's on the field. Oh, it's the runner. Oh, it's the this, it's the that. Um, but at the end of the day, if, if Woods can make it work, then so be it. If, you, if you're only playing one and then you rotate between the four, doesn't really matter. Playing two a little bit, eh, you, you can botch it. So um, for me, I don't mind bringing him back if you can because it just gives him more options, but I, I, it doesn't bother me either way.
1: Jack, just being clear, the PFF... Guys were Goodson, Tacky Tacky and
2: Phillips. No, um, Malcolm Smith, rent. Malcolm Smith we were coming on to next. Oh, so oh. Malcolm Smith is also an unrestricted free agent Um, 32 years old. So I'm, I'm predicting just another one million one year deal. It's what he's been on for a while. Um, and I, I bring him back for that.
1: I think you bring one of them back, Goodson, or um, what was he called? The ex Super Bowl guy. What's he called? Malcolm, Malcolm Smith. Smith. Malcolm Smith. I think, yeah, uh, one of the two. So, um, yeah, let's uh, let's see. You know, he's coming once again, done a great job, but we have got to think about the future and nothing emotional, you know, and get some linebackers in that are cheaper that we can hopefully
0: teach up. And yeah, not even cheaper. Listen, here's our number. Sign it or move on. I mean, I really think that, again, this is another position, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I just see there's going to be guys out there, what we call Jags, just another guys. There's going to be guys out there we can bring in. that can do what Malcolm Smith can do.
2: But are they going to be, if, if you're looking at that, say it's for 1 million deal or slightly above, I think because of his veteran years. You've got someone that knows what Woods is asking for. You know what you're going to get from him. Um, he's 32 years old, so at the end of the day, if if it's a difference of a hundred thousand, he's not going to move to a different team um, because there's just not that difference. And as well, he'll probably make some post season money if he comes back to the Browns. Um, so it makes sense for him to sign that and. The, the re- if you're looking, you've got five linebackers, you've got Tacky Tacky, and you've got um, Phillips. They're locked in for next year, three more spaces. So if you, you did go, then you could go that option and go, hey, let's add in Goodson and Smith, um, and then we'll draft one. So you, you could go right up that way. So it's why I wouldn't rule, back, rule out the possibility of bringing both back. But yeah, I think one out of the two makes the most sense.
0: And I Which, don't have a problem bringing them back. I just want them back at my number. I'm, you assess their value. Deepa Des is going to sit down and say, we consider you to be a $3 million a year linebacker. If you're interested in that number, there's the piece of paper with your name on it. We'd love to have you back. Jason Tarver's waiting in line two.
1: Uh, Joe Woods didn't draft or bring in Mac Wilson and Taki Taki, if I'm correct. Correct.
2: That was everyone awful. else he did. Yeah, so. But as, yeah. as well. With-
0: he had input Joe- on
2: Joe Woods is more or less working with something that's not ideal. He had three starting DBs, which we'll get onto in a minute. Um, And he's trying to play dime. So uh, he he did really good with a a bad hand. Um, And lots of people are judging him and the defence on uh, that's him. Um, If you've had Robert Sala in there, that defence wouldn't have done much better. Um, It was a talent issue rather than a a coaching problem. So I'm, I'm not too worried. Joe Woods is fine for another year. Um, last one in the linebacker room, Elijah Lee. Um, wasn't anything special on special teams, but it's basically just your fifth linebacker special teams guy. And that's the only spot he's competing for. Might be a 1 million one year back for camp jobby. Um, wouldn't surprise me if it's done, Give him his 50,000. Um, but it, it's one to just sort of, yeah, if they want to do it, doesn't bother me either way. I can't see him making the roster. But, yeah. Nothing else to do on him.
0: He no, um, really plays specials again. Here's your number. Sign it. Have a nice day. So, next. Oh, Lee really didn't really do much. So, I'm not losing sleep over him.
2: Next, we've got a starting cornerback in Terrence Mitchell. Um, really solid performance this year. Um, stepped up. Doesn't have the elite speed. But uh, just does, does his job. And just gives you bang average all the time. And and we're happy with that. Looking at his number, I would have predicted around 4 million, two-year deal. So eight in total. PFF, Prashad Breland's a really good comp on age on sort of his production, et cetera. They're saying 10, 5.5, sort of five, two-year deal. So 10 in total. So I, I think that's realistic as well there's not enough good corners to go around. Um, I I wouldn't mind bringing him back on that. I think a large part depends on how they feel about Greedy Williams behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, I say bring him back. Dorsey Hire, if I'm not correct, he's done three years. We thought he was only going to stay for one or two years and he's done his tenure, eh? Um, Yeah, I think something around four million, five million. I would keep him $4 million.
0: I, I see him as a $4 million cornerback. He's going to want way more than that. And he's not He's not worth it. I mean, he's decent. But I like him. I think he's earned it. One year. I mean, I like your money, Mitch. I do.
2: I, th- I, do. I think it, it comes down to what happens with Grady. Because if Grady's... Back or got, or they think Greedy is at least going to be healthy for the start of the season, then they can go um, bring in someone else cheap, probably a um, slot, which we'll get onto in a second, um, bring, pay Ward, and you've got Greedy and you draft someone, then you, you're getting roughly where you need to be at. If suddenly they're looking at the next off-season, they've got Ward and nothing, then they do need to pay somebody, um, at least for the short term. So I think it very much depends on that. So there's a chance he gets paid. We're never going to see that medical on what Greedy is and their views on Greedy. But I think that's very much what it's down to. If they don't like Greedy, then I think you just pay him for the short term because we've got to pump stuff into that secondary. The, it, we saw it time and time again. The D-line was doing its job and it made no difference because the secondary was getting butchered.
1: TJ Carey went to the Colts for a million a year.
2: It's, it So you can wait really late on this stuff and you can try pick it around, but it's risky as well. Um, because when a player signs his free agent deal it has a massive impact on what that number is. So there are some deals that are signed really late. So James Winston signed cheap late. Not many teams are willing to sit there until the last minute and be like, oh, let, let's go get a quarterback. Um, so what happens in those first four or five days of free agency, there'll always be some players drop through. Um But we almost need to make that decision quite early on Mitchell um, and ideally get it done before free agency, if we are.
0: Just to give everybody a little update out of the wonderful world of the Ohio State University, a lot of guys have been declaring for the draft. One of them was Justin Fields. However, stud receiver Chris Olave will be returning to Ohio State for his senior year. So that is one receiver that's kind of that late first-round pick. He's the guy compared to Chris Godwin. Uh, He is returning to Ohio State for another year. That's a shame. Probably about the fourth or fifth best receiver, just to give you an idea, Paul. He was probably top five. Big blow. Anyway, let's move on. Big news for my Buckeyes.
2: So on Terrence Mitchell, we're basically saying it's all down to greedy.
0: I like I think he's our fourth or fifth corner. I'm good. He's not a special teams guy. He's a guy that can come in and play snaps for you. If a team tries to spread you out, I like. I don't mind him on the field. I mean, he showed this year he can still play. He's resilient. As long as he's willing to be paid, because once we pay Ward, we just you listen. You got to be diligent with the money. You got to find value. You got to go out now. You know this is obviously something that Browns fans just aren't familiar with. You have to find guys at affordable prices that are going to perform. You can't just give everybody the money. You know, I know PFF Browns is out there asking Browns fans what free agents they want. And they want to sign, you know, Shaq Barrett and every other free agent under the sun. But that's not how it works, guys. Unfortunately, when you're a good team, these are the decisions you have to make. And if your fourth cornerback's making four or $5 million, then you got a lot of trouble on your hands. So I like the number. But the one thing you got to say is, you know, Bear, you know, Deepadesta, Odesta, you know, they're going to sit there and say, this is what we think your market value is. This is what we think you're worth to us. If you don't want it, there's the market. And this isn't a good year for veterans like him to be going to free agency. It's not. I think we do a deal of three to four million, mate, per year. Three million, I'm good with that.
2: I'll I, I sign that all day long. One year deal is perfect because it allows us to answer the greedy question. It allows us to finish, develop a youngster. Yeah. Um, and then he's in the third outside corner. And that is awesome. Yeah. And if
0: you want to make it a two year deal with nothing in the second year or something like that, where you get the option if he plays really well, fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, I have a funny feeling Jack's going to be very happy with a lot of the contracts that teams are going to be signing this year, because you're going to get a lot of guys on a lot of good bargains because a lot of good players are going to be coming into the market. So unfortunately for a free agent is when there's multiple good players at one position, the value goes down.
2: Yeah. and The rookies are not paying a single penny towards this reduced salary cap. The stars are not giving up a penny. Everything is these middle of the roster guys, and they have got to pay it all. So if you think that's 20 million every team, that is a lot of money getting paid uh, back by these middle of the roster guys, and that's where they're all the guys that have to. That's where you
0: trim the fat. That's where you trim the fat, and I I wouldn't be shocked if you see like the safety market's going to dip down after that. Huge spike last year with the Landon Collins deal. So that's another one. But yeah. and, oh, did somebody mention safety? No, and,
2: and they're going to be one year deals. Don't think, hey, yeah, let's sign that guy up for five years. It is 2.5 when he should usually be a four. Um, some people I've seen commenting stuff on Twitter. If they're signing cheap, it's one year or it might be a normal price deal, but it's completely backloaded um, and guaranteed. So um, no, the next name is Kevin Johnson. Um, I'm predicting a two and a half million one year deal. Um, the slot market is basically four or 5 million and you can get someone really good. You can get, um, is it Mike Hilton at the Steelers?
0: Yeah. Mike Hilton. Yeah.
2: So you can get him for 4 million or you can pay Kevin Johnson, two and a half. Kevin Johnson it's just not a full-time slot for me. Um, I get why they wanted to take a risk and look at some different options. Didn't work out. Um, Go and find a slot and just pay the guy. Don't, don't draft it. Some people have talked about draft a slot in the second round. If you can pay a guy who is a done and dusted thing and you're paying four million, there's no reason to ever go into the draft um, on day one or two to draft that position. Fullbacks, blocking tight ends, um, slot corners. You don't draft them, you buy them.
1: First round talent though, guys. 2015.
0: Third, so, third team. so is Corey Coleman. <laughs> third, third team. Okay. Drafted, moved, moved. At in cool. the famous words of Justin Timberlake, bye bye bye. It's not that I have anything against Kevin Johnson. I thought he is a decent role player. And again, if he wants to come back, and may, maybe Money Mitch gets a deal somewhere and Kevin Johnson wants a three-year deal for the quarterback four or five. Okay. I just, he's to me a guy where if you're talking about, you know, that top three corner, Jack, I, I used to say, wait, do you see what this guy gets? I mean, there's people talking about paying him, you know, six, seven, eight million a year. Who? go, go look and see what like Kevin Johnson's number is. I'm telling you, there's, there's all this talk out there that like, Oh, Kevin Johnson's going to be a highly sought after free agent. And there's always that guy where it's like, Oh, well, scheme wise, you know, the one thing about Kevin Johnson is I think he prefers to play man, which is not as the, not the woods like forte. You know, I think a lot of these guys, I think Ward prefers man. I think that you're going to find, there's going to be a little bit of a difference in battle with what these corners want to play and what the woods wants them to play as, you know, obviously Richard Sherman, um, is a guy that loves zone. He just liked playing zone. He was a better zone. Asante Samuel, these are all veteran guys, you know, from years ago that were left zone. I think Ward wants to man it up. I think Kevin Johnson wants to man it up. I think he's gone. But if you wanted something real cheap, bring him back. But he ain't going to come back. How did he compare on
1: PFF with against MJ Stewart, for example? In terms of
0: like their coverage grades? Yeah. Or overall?
2: So... Kevin. sorry sorry, it's going to
0: take me a while to keep scrolling all the way to the bottom so kevin johnson had a 51.4 grade and mj stewart finished with a 44.8 grade yeah that is what you call bad mj stewart played 342 snaps kevin johnson played 624 snaps
2: yeah and how we sort of view mj stewart we've discussed it before he's sort of he's your backup slot corner which is most teams don't even carry one of them on their roster, um, but he's predominantly there to play special teams, where he's been good. So, I'm perfectly happy with keeping him around as your sixth, seventh corner, who is your backup slot, and uh, he, do- he does a job.
0: Kevin Johnson, zero interceptions. MJ Stewart, three interceptions. <laughs> At least one guy can catch. Like I guess I got nothing against Kevin Johnson. This was one of these one-year prove-it deals. He came in, he tried his best. I just don't think it worked out all that well. So, you know, best of luck to him. Um, I just, I don't think this is a, it's a guy they brought in, but at the end of the day, would they bring him in for three and a half million last year? Uh, yep. Yeah. Three and a half million. I just I don't see him. I see him getting barely half that.
2: Called it an overpay at the time. It's still an overpay. I, th- I think it was more, not one of the worst, but it was a misguided move for me by the front office. They should have paid that to a full-time slot. So next we go to the safeties. Um, He's BFF for uh, Ian Wright, both of these guys, but we're going to start with the guy that he loves most, which is Carl Joseph. Um, He was on a one year, two and a half million last year. And I think he gets exactly the same.
0: I don't know if there's a better backup to Ronnie Harrison. <laughs> they are virtually the same damn player. The only difference is Ronnie Harrison's halfway decent at his position. And at the end of the day, we did get a touchdown this year out of Carl Joseph, uh, even though Miles Garrett should have had it. Um, to Jack's point, he signed the one-year deal with the Browns, $2.5 million. I think that might tick down a little bit if he's willing to come back, maybe for like $2 million. Uh, I wouldn't go over the 2.5. So that's kind of my nest egg for Carl Joseph. If he wants to stay under 2.5 million and come back and just be a role guy for when we go to dime packages, I'm all for it outside of that. If he thinks he can find better elsewhere, best of luck to you, my friend. Yeah, I'm all for bringing
1: him back. Great warrior this year. He's a bargain piece in that safety room. Really interesting with how Ronnie... And Delpit are gonna uh, look next year. Will they match up together? That pairing, do you think, Ian?
0: Probably not. You wouldn't want to have both of them on the field. Um, but I like I said, I see him coming in and maybe a role where you bring Joseph in as maybe a linebacker and plays that kind of star robber role. Um, but like I said, I 2.5 is my ceiling for him. So anything under that he wants to take, I'm good with that. Um, I don't think there's going to be much of a market out there for him. So if Joe Woods likes him and thinks he could, uh, he could provide value, then pair him up with, you know, state. you know, to your question, if you had, you know, Delpit, Harrison and Carl Joseph, just play Carl Joseph in the box. Like, let's not waste our time with putting him back there in coverage. We know he's useless.
2: Yeah. For, for me, I'm obviously you're looking at say four safeties. Um, you, you've got two locked in, in Delpit and uh, Harrison. I th- I think you go in with a draft pick and you sign someone. I don't think that free agent. It might be a bigger free agent. It might be a really cheap free agent. Um, that free agent isn't on the roster at the moment. Hmm. Uh, next we go on to. I think I'd dub him the most underrated player on the Browns' defense. And that might I call seem, him a cold hero. It might seem crazy, but I'm actually being serious there because the way people talk about him and the way he actually played. There is a golf. You, you would think he is, like, un, unemployable, nicking a living, shouldn't even be on a practice squad, let alone a, a 53. Um, whereas, yeah, he's got his flaws. Um, and that is Andrew Sandejo. Um, I, he was on 2.25 million last year. I think it'd be two, maybe one and a half, probably actually one and a half. Um, One-year deal um, if he doesn't retire. Cause I can't rule that out. He's 34 years old. So, uh, he he might retire. You might even be able to scrape this down to straight up mil. Um, it'd probably be near a mil half, I think actually, because he's been in the league a while. So there's minimums based on years of service. So, uh, yeah, let's say a million and a half one year. He, he's still not coming back.
0: I think he could be a secondary coach. Um, I just like the fact that at least he knows what's going on. And if you do have a guy like Del Pitt or you do have somebody in, there is a role. I, I don't know at what point he started getting crushed so bad just for being allegedly the worst player in the history of the Cleveland Browns. I mean, a lot of you people probably don't remember the Usama Young days, which I challenge you to go back and look him up. Um, that's why I, I I see the value in Sandejo, you know in terms of his tackling in terms of his run defense you know he's fine but again to your point keep him keep him at a vet minimum he's not a bad locker room guy like you know at the end of the day you're not getting jamal adams out of the guy but still you know just if he's back he's back if he's not he's not i wish him well yeah i think colt hero this is a non
1: emotional podcast he's 34 years old oldest person on the roster You know, our safety room does need to improve. Let's get some young talent, some young blood into that room.
2: So now we have Mr. Put a donk on it. (laughs) Mr. Cody Parkey uh, does the crossbar challenge every week during the game. Um, So I'm saying it's an offer. Basically vet min. So one million, one year deal bring him back for camp, bring in a UDFA and may the best kicker win.
0: We can move right along. He's coming back. The park, he's back, baby. I don't think he missed even in a Canadian football league. Those field goals were so money. These playoff games, he's back, baby. And we actually have a kicker on the futures contract. So there's your UDFA. <laughs> there's your two kickers. Anything to add, Paul? Um, it's the million dollar question. We all
1: want a safe kicker. Look at Tucker. You know, anything can happen in any game.
2: You Who know, had more
0: missed field goals in the playoffs? Justin Tucker or Cody Parkey? Tucker. <laughs> yeah, it's damn right it is.
2: Uh, all it tells us is never give him any guaranteed money. Lesson one, never trust the kicker with money. Um, right. How does he it. rate
1: how did he rate in the thirty-two kickers this, se- this season? Top twenty.
2: Let's have a look. Move on to the
0: next guy and I'll get that for you.
2: So, um, we're going to go to the UDFAs next. So, how this works is this player that's done four years in this, uh, three out of the four years they need to get to full free agency. And he was 27th out of 36, Cody Parkey. Um, and what happens is you can tender them. So, you give them an original round tender. Um, a second round tender or first round tender original round means wherever they're drafted third or later or undrafted um, if a team matches offers a deal and you decide not to match it you get that pick value um, etc it's 2.24 um, million for an original round tender there's no one we're going to give anything higher to so don't need to worry about that um, there's four guys that qualify the first one is Daryl Hodge um, I think they're not only gonna offer the 2.24. I think they'll actually go ahead. Um, I don't think they'll undercut him. I think they'll give him the two full two point two four. Um, they they might go sort of three over two um if he's interested. It depends how they view him in this room long term. I don't think he's a long term because if you've got Donovan Peoples Jones steps up, if you re-sign Richard Higgins, he's probably not here more than a year so uh yeah what's he play a lot
1: on special teams jack
2: yeah he's predominantly a special teamer so long term you're looking at one one and a half million is where what you're gonna sort of pay him if you kept him around which is certainly something you could do um and yeah they, they he might want the one year of being paid that tender before he sort of settles down um onto sort of the one, one and a half. So it's, it's just going to be an interesting one to watch. And to be fair, he did, he did a good job when he was asked to come in, which isn't, is a rare case for a special teamer. So they might offer him that and then go actually let even a, a
0: original What's original round tender? Like 1.2.24. What's the, is there anything below that? No. 2.2 is high. I'd give so, him like one and a half.
2: They, they might just go the, the full hog and go, Hey, sign the multi-year. Six million over three years. Um, which With incentives. It, yeah. Because if he's going to play more snaps, then they can push him up. Um, yeah, I, I I think that would be a good deal for both sides. He gets some guaranteed money. Maybe knows he gets the first two years of those. Um, and it's win-win. Because if you've got him as your fifth wide receiver, that is a really, really good depth piece. Um, that you you're, you're going to enjoy having that.
1: It's a lot of money to pay him though.
0: I don't, I don't think yeah. it is. Yeah, if you keep it, if you keep it low, he's, he, he's a guy, he plays his role and plays it well. So at that point there, you know, just, I have no problem bringing him back. I yeah, pay him anything. crazy. Of... Oh yeah. He's an easy UDFA and we pulled him out of the Rams. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of your kind of guys, Paul. I love him.
1: But yeah, that's why I don't think he's worth 2 million, but yeah, he's back anyone else jack
2: um so we've got two guys that will basically scroll over anthony fabiano and Tay Davis. um Tay I, Davis, I, maybe i think both could get that sort of minimum deal come back at camp and see what happens um fabiano only because they want like three o-lines for training camp so um yeah, he, he's not on team one. He's not in team two, um, which is Forbes and Dunn. He might make up team three, but I think they just say, sod it, good luck. Tay Davis, bit special teams, nothing that special. Um, the one name, the most important free agent in the whole of the NFL, he, people have him on the same level as Shaq Barrett and A-Rob. He, he's world famous, world renowned the best special teamer in the wildcard weekend. And that is my boy, Mr. Tavier
0: Thomas, The phenomenal Um, Frenchman.
2: This is another one. He's not worth 2.24 million original round tender. I would offer him that basement of the the 1 million one year. Um, I'd happily do the same thing as... Hodge not as much as Hodge because Hodge can contribute as a wide receiver whereas Thomas I don't want <laughs> contributing as a uh, a cornerback um, but I, I I wouldn't mind, I don't know what Slater gets at New England um, but almost keeping him around for a while um, and potentially making him your sort of special teams captain um, I think it's a role he can step up in um, and there's no harm having sort of a couple of veterans that are there for the next three, four years on special teams, constantly working and showing that when you're a really, really good team, that's something where you can spend a little bit of money. You don't spend a penny as we were rebuilding through the Sashi years on on anything to do with special teams, because it doesn't matter. Special teams aren't going to turn you into a 10 win team, but it can be the difference between an 11 win and a 12 win team. So it's something, yeah, I, I don't mind. Hodge and Thomas, if you kept them both around for the next three years, I think it's a smart move.
0: Two years, 5 million. Come on back.
2: I, you ain't being well, ain't
0: with incentives? I'm talking about max. Guarantee uh, like 1.8. 910,000 a year. Guaranteed. I see
2: that. And then they, the more they play.
0: Yeah. 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 I'd put it at max 3 million. Get them up there. There you go. I think he'll be back. I think Prefer really likes him.
2: Beautiful. Anything to add before we get to the EFAs, Paul?
0: No, I think that's it.
2: So final one, an exclusive rights-free agent. Um, these are players that have had two or less accrued seasons in the NFL. They can't go anywhere. They get no rights. Um, they just have to sign a really, really cheap deal that is the, the minimum for their years. So we're talking like 600, 700,000. One-year deal, nothing guaranteed, so we can cut them whenever we want. Four guys. Um, I think all will get it and come back to camp. One, I believe, is uh, best mates with Paul Brown. Um, So we've got tight end Carlson. We've got Port Augustine. We've got friend of the show, um, Georgia Beaner. Legend. Uh, A guy that I didn't even know we'd signed, (laughs) Brian Allen, (laughs) cornerback. Um, And if he couldn't get snaps a couple of weeks ago, he's probably never going to get snaps. But I think all four are back for camp. Um, Port Augustine just has to get that third accrued season. And then he he might get a little deal, a sort of a cheeky little third, fourth edge on the roster.
1: He's he's done really well, and he, you know, he played a lot at the end of last season, and he's come in and been our defensive end number three, you know, this season, and fair play to him. He beat out Chad Thomas.
0: Chad Thomas was too busy
2: dropping the beats. beats.
0: I think this one's easy. Carlson's back gustin's back obina we hope you're back we're we're rooting for you buddy and brian allen so anyone else
1: Um, um brian allen was um picked in the fifth round for the steelers
0: yeah he was with the steelers then he went to the bengals we pulled him off of the practice squad he's the thing about him is He's 6'3", because you got to remember, they also brought back Donovan Alumba, so they maybe want a taller corner, because when you're playing zone, like a guy like Sherman, those are just guys they're taking shots on. So I actually think they may keep Allen around for camp, but at 6'3", you want to see if he can develop. You know, that's about it. These are guys that you just bring back cheap veteran, e- EFRA, as they say, minimums. It's not a ton of money. These, these aren't guys, that fa- a lot of these guys that factor into your top 51.
2: Yeah, because in camp, you've got to remember, you're basically doubling the roster size. So every position that's there um, in your 53, double it. Um, So there's loads of options. They'll want guys there just to do different things. So um, yeah, and some of them, they'll just end up on the practice squad next year. Um, All right, guys,
1: let's do a little roundup. Who are the five players that you are really excited to bring back on new contracts,
2: Jack? So I'm going to go number one, Richard Higgins. Number two, Kadaral Hodge. Number three, Malcolm Smith. Number four, Mr. T. And number five, save the money and don't even sign a fifth. Oh, Port Augustine, I guess, but it's an exclusive rights free agent. So um, I, it, it's just a formality, really.
0: Ian, who are you going with? Gustin Carlson. Thomas, Hodge, Parkey. Jesus, no Higgins. Gustin Carlson, Thomas, Hodge, Parkey. Horrible,
2: horrible little man.
0: (laughs) I'm going with Higgins,
1: BJ Goodson, Cole Joseph, our boy Thomas, and Hodge. But Porter, whatever happens, Porter and uh, Carlson are coming back anyway, so no dramas. How did Carlson do this year? But yeah, guys, do you want to say thanks a lot? And we are all focusing now, leading up to the Cleveland draft. So it's super exciting times.
0: Whoa, 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 sir. In 12 days, we have the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama.
1: Well, Ian, that's where we're paying you to go out there and reviewing it for us. Well, they're
0: not allowing people this year, so it's virtual credentials. So you're able to watch everything online.
1: Well, it's super exciting. Which Ian- it would be
0: interesting if you're bringing all these guys. Like I can't imagine being a player. You're sitting in a room doing virtual interviews all day. That would I would never be drafted because I'd be asleep.
1: Well, Ian, this is the journey to the draft, and that's why you're head of. College football at the Paul Brown podcast. Oh, I,
0: I'm telling you, I love the senior ball. I'll be watching it. I'm, I'm hoping they televise it. It's it's good stuff, baby. I'm telling you, I'm all over this stuff. I'm I all can't over
1: wait it. until they start f- everyone fixing the numbers for the combine. Oh, look at that 4.34. There, <laughs> it's gonna be awful. There's gonna be like running downhill, the camera tricks and stuff. <laughs> like, I did it 3.8. <laughs> Yeah, you're in a wheelchair. What's going on?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Running down the side of a building in freefall.
1: <laughs> You've beaten gravity. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's going to be good fun. You know, we've also going to do every single position room. What's the future looking like? How, you know, we've already we've already discussed the D-line and the wide receiver room could look very different next year.
2: It's it's genuinely really intriguing because it's not like three years ago, whereas the offseason, season oh, who's going to be our quarterback? Last year, who's the two offensive tackles we're going to sign was basically the talk all off-season. This could go so many different ways, um, and that makes it really exciting, even though we're picking so much later than we usually do. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, really intrigued to see what my boys, Berry and uh, Depot get up to. So uh, no, we're, we're going to be coming... Coming back, you're strong you're gonna get more off season shows than you get regular season shows um so three times a week from next week, you might get a little bit more this week as well.
0: There's a lot of stuff going on for sure um obviously the, the topic of Jarvis Landry and his contract will be widely discussed. We're going to see if we He's can still on the roster we're gonna see if we can seek out some uh some n f l experts on this and see if we can get them on the podcast to talk about what the options are for Jarvis. And, you know, there's there's a lot of talk out there. There's some some wins in the uh, the old Twitter sphere that the Browns are going to, you know, they're going to chat with Odell. They're going to chat with Jarvis and see, you know, if they're going to be willing. Maybe, hey, how much do you guys really like Hollywood? If you want uh, Mayfield Heights Higgins, you know, come back, maybe they got to take a little pay cut, you know? Hey, maybe we can move some money around here. If we can take $3 million from Jarvis and $3 million from Odell and give it to Higgins, then come on back, baby.
1: No, Odell and uh, Landry have got to say, like, you want a Hodge, you know, you can't have takeaway once a week. You know, go look after Hodge, you know. <laughs> Who else is going to carry our pads?
0: Yeah, you know. Um, um, no. All right, guys. It, it'll be good stuff. And But here, real quick, let's get you guys on the record. The final four is set. It is the Bills versus the Chiefs, the Packers versus the good old-fashioned Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who's your guys' Super Bowl prediction?
2: Oh, Packers are going to win the Super Bowl now. Um, just... You
0: think it's Packers-Chiefs or Packers-Bills?
2: <laughs> it's the
0: health of my homes. Um, They're saying pinched nerve in the neck. But what about the toe? The hell you need a toe the, or
2: cut the, it the, off. The, the, the toe was interfering when he... he he'll be fine. He, it's
0: yeah, a toe. Put a little shot in that thing. He'll be all right.
2: I, I'm going to say the Chiefs will still get there. Paul?
1: I'm going to go with Bills-Packers Super Bowl final. Ooh, who wins?
0: The Bills wins. Ooh. Wow. Paul's making all friends in Lake Erie. I actually think it's going to be Bills-Packers, and I think it's Aaron Rodgers' year. Uh, you know, Mike Pettin's going to be the defensive coordinator of a Super Bowl team. And the Packers are going to show people that even if you draft a quarterback late in the first round and don't give your stud franchise Hall of Fame quarterback any first-round weapon at wide receiver, you can still win a Super Bowl. The,
2: the crazy thing is he's like the – Eighth highest paid wide receiver Adams,
0: and you could argue he's number one. He's certainly top. Oh, three. he's yeah, he's he's he is by far one of the best. Re- he's probably the best wide right receiver in the league. All right, another
1: little teaser Can you see any trades happening in the first round of the 2020 2021 uh draft this year
0: for, for the Browns or for the league? For the league, oh, oh there's gonna be loads, be tons, tons, tons. That's generally, is it six? I say, on average, it's five or six trades.
1: What do you think the biggest one's going to be?
2: Or most I think likely? the Jets.
0: I think the Jets are trading out of two. I think Watson. the Jets are out.
2: Who knows what's going to happen with Watson? If that gets moved, we're talking about four, five first-round picks. If, if a safety who isn't good at coverage is worth two first-round picks, a quarterback that is phenomenal at throwing the ball is easily worth six first-round picks. They won't get that for him, but he is worth six first-round picks.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, I think the jets have four first rounders in the next two years. So you realistically could say, we want, we want either, we want your top three picks for the next two years if he's going to the jets. But I think the jets are trying to trade out of that pick. Um, I, I actually, I think this year is going to be, I'll, if, if possible, I hope to be at the draft in Cleveland. I'll be repping my uh, new miles Garrett Jersey. Cause it'll be the first chance I have to wear it. But, uh, Yeah, no, I think there's going to be a lot of movement, Paul. And I think, honestly, I would not be shocked if the Browns are like, see ya, and they get out of that first round. I think anybody that's looking to come up to give you future day two picks to move from the second round into the first round, I absolutely – I would almost say it's probably 70-30 the Browns. That 26 is a hot spot for trading. If I'm not mistaken, isn't that the Chiefs? Weren't they 26 when they came up to get Mahomes? I think they were 26. The Falcons, I think, when they made the Julio Jones trade, I think we're at 26. I mean, you go back and look at the history of the 26th pick. I think there's a lot of trades. There's,
2: there's quite a few. I think the trade I would love to see is uh, a second rounder this year and a second rounder next year in the sort of 50s range. That gives you really, really good ammunition because suddenly there's not actually that much difference between the player that goes 26, the player that goes 50. Um once you get into position variance and stuff um, and the fact that you are then doubling up the fifth round, fifth options aren't worth that much as they used to be because they're fully guaranteed. So unless it's quarterback, doesn't really matter. So that's why the teams do want to get up into that range. Cause if you're taking a quarterback, move that up there and take it. So I, I, I think we can certainly move that on and two seconds, suddenly say it's the next four drafts. We don't need a quarterback. Let's turn that, Rather than four first-round picks, let's take eight second-round picks, and suddenly that roster is loaded. And what do more young players mean? More veterans. So you fill the roster with more young kids who are really, really talented as well at pick fifty, and then you can add sort of two extra veterans at ten million a pop. That is a really, really promising proposition.
1: All right, guys, we've got over the hour mark. I'm gonna love you and leave you and say great podcast, go Browns.
2: Go Browns, go Browns.